title of my message this morning is That Settles It. And what we're going to talk about today is covenant. Covenant is such a powerful relationship that we have with God and knowing how to walk that out and enjoy the benefits of that is huge and life-changing for us. So we're going to learn more about that for us today. I know in the past year or so that I've been learning some more about that and really it's been so tremendously impactful for me and I'm believing that you are going to be able to get that as well. I'd like to start off with just a little bit of an illustration from the Bible to help us see the power of covenant in our lives. We're going to read a little bit from Abraham just after God had made a covenant with him that shortly thereafter he had a chance to intercede for saving a city that God was feeling that he needed to destroy because of all the wicked that was going on there. So I'm going to read, catch up with the story, Genesis 18, verses 17 through 19. It says, Then God said, Shall I keep back from Abraham what I'm going to do? Abraham is going to become a large and strong nation. All the nations of the world are going to find themselves blessed through him. So the Lord said to Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah, because their sin is so flagrant. This place was really, really evil. And a lot of what was going on there was just so terrible that the Lord had held off and held off in his mercy. But at some point that the Lord was there and he couldn't hold off any longer. So the men there, angels that were with the Lord, sent out for Sodom. But Abraham stood in God's path. Imagine that. Blocking the Lord's way. Abraham confronted him. Are you serious? Are you planning on getting rid of the good people right along with the bad? What if there are 50 decent people in the city? Will you lump the good with the bad and get rid of the lot? Wouldn't you spare the city for the sake of those 50 innocents? I can't believe you'd do that. Kill off the good and the bad alike as if there were no difference between them? Doesn't the judge of all the earth judge with justice? And that's a really bold statement, to be coming before God Almighty as a mere mortal. And he even said that too, is that I'm coming before you. I know I'm just a man, but Lord, wouldn't you spare the city? And he came in as one, as you can see what we've read here, one that's standing in a level of authority, that's standing in a level of covenant partnership with God. And God said he would spare that city for 50 and so Abraham continued to negotiate with God. Well, Lord, would you do it for 45 if there were 45 good people that loved God? And God said that he would. And then he went to 40 and 30 and 20 and even 10. He came back to God that many times. And God said that he would spare the city if there were 10 righteous people. But how daring and how bold that is. You know, some of us even today, maybe we wouldn't go to God and be that bold and that daring. But he was. He knew about that covenant that he had with God. And we, as God's children, we are covenant partners now with God through the new covenant with Jesus and a greater covenant because Jesus cut this covenant with his very own blood. Jesus calls us friends and co-heirs with him that we can pray and change the course of history. 
Today, we'll find out more about this powerful relationship of covenant. I sure want to know some more about that today. Well, you may notice, too, that I've got a pita bread here. I've got a glass with some grape juice. We're going to do communion at the end of service today. So you might want to take a moment, just pause for a sec to grab a cracker or some water or something like that so that at the end that you'll be ready that we can take communion together. And why is that important? Well, communion, Jesus even said, is a reminder of the covenant that we have with God. It's our reminder that his blood was shed for us. It's a reminder that his body was broken so that we could be made whole. So I'm excited about that we're going to do that later on today together. There's no distance in the spirit. So let's try to understand a little bit about covenant first so that we can understand our position with the Lord. A definition of covenant is a chosen relationship or partnership in which two parties make binding promises to each other and work together to reach a common goal. Now, in the olden days, this was much more common than it is today, and, but there are some cultures that still commonly practice covenant. That covenant was something, a means where two parties would join forces together, and that would help in times of difficulty, whether that's maybe a time of where there was an attack from an enemy, and then you could call out to your covenant partner, maybe who lived down the road, and he would come with his servants and then with his family, and they would join with you to fight against this oncoming force that was trying to take over and attack you. Or perhaps maybe another area would be in the sense of provision, that maybe your covenant partner, their barn burnt down that year, and they were in a real dire place. So then you would go with all your help because you're in a covenant with them, help them rebuild their barn, help them get set up again so that they're getting back on their feet. Even if that meant a sacrifice on your part, that you would do whatever it took to help them because you were committed to them. And really, like there was a lot on the line. A lot of times covenant, if you broke that covenant, that could mean death, that you were worthy of being over and done with. Not just they were gonna take you to court and you were gonna get sued. I mean, that's bad enough. But to think someone's going to, you know, off with you, that's even worse. And God has always been about covenant. You know, in our culture here, that contracts are really common, right? We think of that with businesses. That let's say maybe you're renovating your house and you need to put up drywall in your basement. And so you'd get a contractor that he can cut and fit the drywall, maybe do the mudding and taping for you and then you could take over from there, that whatever's on that contract is what, you're, uh, what he's agreeing to do on his part, and whatever amount that you agreed to pay him is your agreed amount. And then when both of those things are done, and the job is done, he's paid, then the contract is over. And for all intents and purposes, that's finished with. Now, covenant doesn't have an end date. It's a relationship. It's based on that, and is really designed to be forever, right? If we think about marriage as an example, that right in the very beginning, that's how God created man and woman. He said that let a man leave his father and mother and be joined together with his wife. And what God has joined together, let man not separate, right? The two become one flesh, Genesis 2, Genesis 2 verse 24. 
and even a common vow that we hear in marriage and when there's a ceremony is that we'll be with each other through thick and thin till death do us part, right? And we know in our culture that many times it's not like that. Maybe you've experienced that yourself. And if so, there is absolutely no condemnation. That, but just understand the concept and that the way that God set things up is really to be there for us. It's really a prophetic picture for us to understand how is God like with us, right? And even if you look at a mother and her baby, that a mother would do anything to provide for her baby, to make sure that he's protected and safe, and to make sure that he knows that he is loved. Those things are all super important. And she would go to any lengths, even if it meant sacrificing for her. She would sooner not eat and he eat even, right? And that's what that kind of sacrificial love is. That's the degree of covenant partnership that's there. And in this kind of covenant, that in covenants that all assets are shared, abilities and strengths, in exchange for the others, resources, abilities, strengths, and so on. How much more with our covenant with God, really? He initiated this with us. He promised us he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. And all that he has is ours. And all that we have is his. Okay, just in, that's how that works. It's there and that simple. Let's look at an example here. If we look at a blood covenant in the Old Testament, that was definitely common there. Now, in these types when there was a blood covenant, I'll just back the truck up just a moment, that what they might do is cut the palm, right? You'd cut, make a cut in your hand. The other person would make a cut in their hand and then they would shake hands, right? And then some of your blood would get mixed with theirs, right? And then the other person's blood, some of their, that would get mixed with yours, right? And then the idea, concept, significance behind that is that once blood is mixed together, it's inseparable. You can't separate it. You can't tell the difference between the two. They are joined together as one, right? And then after that cut heals up that's on your hand and their hand, then as they look at their hands, that's always a constant reminder, I have a covenant with this other person, right? This agreement is always before our eyes, really. And that's how they would do that as a physical symbol and reminder. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. So in the Old Testament we can look at David and Jonathan as an example for us. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 18, if you'd like to turn there, flip there quick, verses one through four. Such a powerful example. And I'll read it over here, those verses with us. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his home, to his own family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off his robe that he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic, even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David, I'm sure, did likewise. And the symbolism there is really what I have is yours, right? And as far as the weapons go, that Jonathan was even saying, all of the defense of the military 
for Israel is at your disposal if you need it. Because he was next in line to the throne, right? And he was definitely part of the army. So he was giving David access to whatever resources he needed to back him up as well. Now, if we look at that with the Lord, it's the same way, right? That whatever you need, he would gladly do for you. In covenant with him, he'll do anything to protect you. Anything that you need, he's got it. He will provide for you. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, right? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So everything is God's. It's all at his disposal. He can and he will get that to you as we trust him in that covenant. And really, just like David here, David was the one with the real advantage in that case. He was a shepherd boy. Jonathan had all the resources available. With the Lord, we're the ones really who benefits the most. We get all of heaven's resources at our fingertips without anything else. What we have is just minuscule compared to what he has to offer. Now, after some time had passed, then Saul and, Son Saul and Jonathan had died and David was king, but David was still driven to fulfill his covenant with Jonathan. And I'm just going to read a little bit about this. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. One day David asked, Is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Saul's servant Ziba replied, Yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He's crippled in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. In Lodabar, Ziba told him. So David sent for him to be brought to him. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. He came to David. He bowed down low to the ground in deep respect. David said, greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? Mephibosheth felt like, I got nothing here. Why, why are you doing this for me? The king didn't answer him, but he summoned Saul's servant and said, I've given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your master's household. <clears throat> so he was given everything. Mephibosheth was given the best food in the land to dine with the greatest person in the land at that time, as well as he was given all of his family's land back and even workers to take care of it all for him because he was crippled. He couldn't walk. So he couldn't do the work of farming but he was given workers to do that. Isn't that amazing? You know, how the Lord provided for him. And the Lord looks to do the same thing for us. That he's not looking for us to be able to make anything happen for ourselves. That he will come and meet us right where we at. That's what grace is. Grace meets us at the place where we're at and takes us to do the supernatural through the strength of the Lord. And that's all that it takes Thank you, Lord God. Man, God is so good. So, so good.
when we trust the Lord, that he does over the top, more than we can even think or imagine, it says in, in the New Testament. Now, just looking over to the New Covenant, the New Testament, that Jesus came to set up a new covenant with us. The old one had just covered over people's sins, right? They had to come every year and sacrifice animals to just cover over their sins for the year. It didn't even take care of them, just kind of took care of it for the time being, right? But Jesus' sacrifice took care of sin once and for all. He instituted a new and lasting covenant through shedding his blood. Let me read here for you from Ephesians 1, verse 7 through 9. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. Jesus' blood atoned for all of our sin, past, present, and future. And we stand scot-free, scot-free, totally forgiven, just as though we'd done nothing wrong. So, so amazing. Thank you, Lord. So looking at this new covenant with the Lord, you might want to know, how is it that I enter into this covenant with God? It's really simple. All you need to do is make Jesus the Lord of your life because Jesus has already spilt his blood. He's already cut the covenant by dying on the cross and shedding his blood for us. He shed it for you and for me. And all we have to do on our part is receive it. But we make him Lord of our lives. He's given us all that he has, all that he is, and all, when we give all that we have, all that we are to him, that's what a covenant is, right? And so it's really that simple. And in Romans 8.32, I love this verse. It's so awesome. It says here, Since God didn't even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? If God gave us his biggest sacrifice of all time, what is this other stuff? It doesn't mean anything to him. Really, he'd gladly do it for us. Some translations say he would just graciously and gr gladly give us anything that we need. So why don't we look and learn a little bit about what our covenant rights are, what our covenant benefits are in being in this relationship with God. One of those is healing. That we already know that we have healing because healing is promised to us in the word of God. All those promises are yes and amen in Christ. And those promises for us are promises that are part of our covenant with God. Okay, here's an awesome example, one we hang on to a lot. Matthew 15, 26, where Jesus was talking to a woman who was not a Jew. She had come to him because she needed healing for her family. And Jesus comes to, responds to her request saying, it's not right to take bread out of the children's mouths and give it to the dogs. And what he's saying here is that healing belongs to the children of God, right? 
or as we commonly will say, healing is the children's bread. It belongs to us. It's one of our covenant basics, right? That we know that we have that, that his body was broken so that we could be made whole. Amen? Amen. Amen. You might remember from last time I was sharing in December that I had a little spot on my skin there, uh, just a dry spot. It was just building there. And then I then prayed over myself, commanded it to go, and then stood on my healing. The thing really that sealed the deal for me then was that the reminder that the Lord gave me was, I have a covenant with God. So this thing has to go. I have healing. It belongs to me in Christ. And that's what I stood on. I, I said, I know I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And we know that healing is the children's bread. And within a matter of weeks, that thing had just gone, had just gone. It came out of nowhere. It stayed and stayed and just got worse until I took authority on the word of God based on the covenant that we have with God. Also there, a couple of months ago, our family was dealing with some health issues. A bunch of us had gotten sick. And you know, when you have a family that sometimes things can just pass around and in times gone by that things have been like that sometimes where you know, many people had gotten sick and sometimes things would linger for a long time, maybe a fever would last too long or, you know, or a cough or whatever. And really this last time that we had it, we did something different. What we did was that we took communion every day. And communion, as I was mentioning earlier, I believe that communion is a reminder that we have a covenant with God. His body was broken so we could be made whole, that his blood was poured out for us so that we could have that covenant with God. So we did that with the kids, grabbed a, a cracker, a shreddy, usually a shreddy or a Cheerio, and used that and usually had some water nearby, just whatever we had, right? And used that as our reminder that, and we reviewed it over with the kids. And then within a matter of a couple of weeks that we really were seeing that these symptoms were so minor, it was really like nothing. Some of them, I mean, we couldn't even really tell that they had been sick at all, pretty much. It was that minor that God had really spared us, although it had come into our house, that it didn't have the hold that it used to have. And so we're just so thankful for that and that we have that covenant with the Lord. Another aspect of a benefit that we have is financial provision. When we read here in Romans 8:17, it says that if we are children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So if we're co-heirs with Christ, if we think about it, when do we get an inheritance, right? Do we get an inheritance when we die? No, we don't. But sometimes we might think that as Christians. Well, in the sweet by and by, or when I get to heaven, then I'm, you know, then I'm going to, this problem that I've been dealing with, or then I'll have everything that I need. I won't have any more issues anymore. But the point of, it, of the inheritance is that you get it when the person who's giving you the inheritance dies, right? So we didn't get it then. We don't get it when we die. We get it when Jesus died, right? That there is our 
where our benefits begin with our inheritance. And inheritance, as we've outlined already, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Anything that you, have access, that you need that you have access to in him. Anything that you need. It doesn't matter what it is. So then there's so much provision for us in our finances. Thank you, Lord. And over this last Christmas, it was such a blessing for us, actually, just speaking financially, that other Christmases that, you know, we always try to operate on a budget just to help make sure we're faithful with our finances, right, and so on. And other times that we'd experienced kind of, you know, sometimes there'd been some stress. Oh, this costed more than we thought, or this was didn't work out the way that we thought. But this Christmas that we had opportunities to give, sometimes it was into an organization like that was doing good works, or maybe it was into a certain person that, that we wanted to be a blessing to. And so we just prayed and asked, Lord, Lord, what do you want us to do? And then we obeyed and gave what that was, whether a financial gift or, or whatever. And really, we didn't have a care of all of those things with, with finances. And at the end of Christmas, when things were over with all that, we actually had way more than enough, like an abundance overflowing that God is that good. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? And God, I'm sure if I had a chance to talk with you all, that you could all come with some kind of testimonies of how God has provided for you, that he is that awesome. He is that amazing every day, all the time. And we even declare that, that there's not a day that goes by that we don't hear about the good things that God's doing because we know that he's doing good things all of the time. Amen? Amen. So as we're concluding today, that if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, then you have a covenant with God. It settles any question that you might have, whether God cares about you, whether he's going to take care of you, whether he loves you, and whether he will protect you. It settles any question that we have in all of those areas. It frees us from having to try to perform that I don't have to try to get God's favor, that I don't have to try to read my Bible enough or declare enough scriptures or pray long enough or worship God enough or give enough or whatever it is, that all we gotta do is just give ourselves wholly to him, right? That's what he's looking for, our whole heart. And then he'll take care of the rest. He will totally take care of the rest, which is so, so amazing. And we can also know that we are completely forgiven of any sins, whether it's the past or something that's present or even in the future, and that God enables us to forgive others as well. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to pause just for a moment to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit for ourselves that I love to make things practical for us, to have something that you can take home with you and that you can go on with the Lord and be able to grow from here because we want to walk out this covenant that we have with God. So you, you, wherever you are, maybe just close your eyes if you can and just quiet your heart before the Lord and we'll just ask the Holy Spirit two questions to help us in just applying this to our lives today. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
So you can just repeat this at home with me. Just say, Holy Spirit, is there an area in my life that is holding me back from seeing the benefits of covenant in my life? I'll say it again. Holy Spirit, is there an area in my life that is holding me back from seeing the benefits of covenant in my life? Thank you, Lord. Now, maybe it could be some experiences that you've had in the past. Maybe a partner that you had, a marriage partner, a marriage that that broke down, that didn't work out. Maybe a business partner that failed you or didn't come through and didn't do what they said they would do. Someone who stabbed you in the back, so to speak, right, and turned themselves on you. Maybe going through, you're having experience with your parents having a messy divorce. And that's maybe leaving you feeling like I can't count on God to come through for me because others haven't come through for me. Or maybe you feel like God has let you down. Maybe you feel today like there's been times or a time in your life when God wasn't there with you. But the Bible assures us that he is there, that he has been there, and that he will carry us through. He promised us that he'd never leave us and he'd never forsake us. In fact, Jesus has his names written on his hands. Those scars in his hands from the nail marks are reminders for him every day of the covenant, of the covenant that he's made with us. And he could never forget you. You're that important to him. And he loves you that much. He would do anything for you. You can trust him today. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. So our second question is Holy Spirit, what is my action step? Holy Spirit, what is my action step? So maybe your next step is maybe somewhere where you need to repent. Maybe you've been feeling like there's been somebody who had wronged you and you need to forgive them for what they had done. Or maybe you need to forgive God. Maybe you're upset with him because of the experiences that you've been through. That you can talk about him, talk about that with him, that he's big enough. He can handle that. But he wants to process that with you. He wants you to work through that with him, not to let that bring a wedge between you and him. That he wants to be close to you again. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe there's been other priorities in your life where maybe there's been other things that you've just felt like, you know what, I got to go take care of these things because there's nobody else to do them. And so maybe you've just found yourself maybe a little distracted or maybe like you're not all in with the Lord at this time. He's, as I said before, he's not looking for you to perform. He's not looking for you to do all of these things, to get his favor, to earn his love. He already loves you as much as he loves Jesus himself. But he does want you to come with, the, with your whole heart. He comes, he's come with his whole heart and has given all that he has for you. And he wants you to do that same thing with him so that you can enjoy that covenant partnership together with him. He's got a great and exciting plan for your life, both right now and in the future, right through to eternity. And he wants to walk out that every day with you. That's his privilege and honor in his eyes, just like it's our privilege and our honor to walk that out with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. So I'd encourage you, just whatever it is that you're getting, whatever steps that you feel that the Lord is having you to take, just to write that down, take a sec, or maybe put a note in your phone so that you remember that. Because it's so important when the Lord's speaking to us to be able to go back to that and take action on it. Because these moments are moments when we can get that download from Him. And those things are changing our lives forever. And we certainly don't want to take those things lightly. So I encourage you to just take a second to do that. Thank you, Lord. And then what also we'll do today is we'll take up communion together. <clears throat> and it's our covenant. It's a reminder of our covenant with the Lord. I'm just going to read over here a couple of verses in 1 Corinthians 11:23 to 25. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, then he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So I'm just going to pray for us, and then we can partake of communion together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for the privilege, Lord, that, Lord, that we can have a covenant with you, almighty God. Lord, that you've made us kings and priests unto you. Even though we don't deserve it in our own strength, Lord, that you made us worthy. You made us worthy. So we take this bread today, Lord, we take this cup as our reminder that you paid it all, that we have this covenant with you, that we're all in, and you're all in. And Lord, we just lift up anyone right now that's maybe been dealing with any kind of health issues, 
any sickness, ailments, diseases, injuries, whatever, that Lord, we thank you that just like your body was broken so that we could be made whole, Lord God, that we take that for ourselves. We take our healing now as we take communion together, that we take it as our present possession in you. And we thank you, Lord, for testimonies, signs and wonders that will follow your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.